Hey guys, it's Melissa Moore. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Faith, Hope, Love, where we grow together in our faith, increase in hope, and learn how to better love God and love other people. On today's episode, we are in our What's Your Type Enneagram series. We took some time to unpack some common questions about the Enneagram in our episode entitled, should Christians use the Enneagram and other common questions. Our next episode focused in on some of the basics of the Enneagram. So if you're brand new to the Enneagram, I would encourage you to go back, especially watch that episode, just to kind of get an idea of how the Enneagram even works as a tool. And then today's episode, we are going to be diving in um, each week in this series, focusing on a specific type and looking at what it looks like to live as um, those in the orphan mentality versus those living in the beloved mentality. And if you, again, miss that basics episode, that will really explain what that looks like. And as always, we are joined by our co-host for the series, Amy Wicks, as we jump into type two. We're going to talk about what it looks like to live as beloved. And the thing is, is that is the goal uh, to live as a beloved child of God. But a lot of us different times in our life have struggled with living as an orphan or apart, independent from God. Now, the levels of health, when you talk about Enneagram, there's actually nine different levels of health, which make it very confusing because there's the nine different types. But today I'm going to summarize in three different aspects of what it looks like to live independent and orphan-minded, what it looks like to live in awareness, but not yet living as beloved. And then the third, the last one is what it looks like to live as a delighted beloved of God, because each type has, (laughs) has this, um, this possibility within them. This is why every type looks so different and why when we want to do a blanket statement of like, oh, I don't like to interact with this type or I just don't like this type. That isn't a fair statement because you may have interacted with someone who is living as independent apart from God and they weren't a very good representation. I thought it would also be really helpful to understand what the temptation is for each Enneagram type. This is a terminology and a, a, a phrase that was really developed Um, At the beginning of some of what we know now as the Enneagram, um, that in particular Jesuit priests started to put together and based some of these ideas off of some of our ancient um, Christian fathers who wrote about the temptations, vices, uh, virtues, all the different things that pertain to not only us personally, but also to our faith walk. And so the idea here is remember temptation is just that it's a temptation. It's not actually this act of sinning, but it's when we give into the temptation that it separates us from God and we're choosing to live in our own independent way. For the Enneagram type two, the temptation when you're living apart from God and you're trying to do things on your own is to deny your own needs and to manipulate others. (laughs) Oh, that does not sound fun. (laughs) That prone to manipulation is a real genuine struggle to either get their own needs met or to get that desire of being loved by others. So when you're living without that unconditional love from God, you live with a victim mentality. You grow resentful and you grow bitter, which causes you to excuse your manipulative behaviors. Oh, (laughs) no fun. And no one wants to be around that. We don't want to be around our own selves when we act like that. But as you begin to live in awareness, and even as you're in the messy middle, 
You do have a tendency to think that you're full of good intentions, but you do continue to have this unmet need for acceptance, which propels you to become overly helpful. And the temptation is to still use manipulation tactics tactics to get that need met. But when you live as beloved and you are really thriving and you're confident in the unconditional love of God, because that's the point, he can meet that need for love. He can fill that cup. You're confident in what you have to offer. And you look at your interaction with others as a privilege to be involved, not as a way to get love and help in return. There's no more strings attached to the help that you're giving. You're really giving in an altruistic manner, which of course people are drawn to, they love, and they feel so blessed to get to interact with you on a regular basis. Amy, thank you so much just for taking the time just to unpack this. If you're watching this and this resonates with you and this number uh, really stands out with you, maybe you've uh, felt a little choked up. I know for myself when we recorded for type three, um, I definitely started tearing up as Amy was sharing. And so I want to encourage you, if this number really resonates with you, take some time to dive a little bit deeper. I want to suggest a couple resources. Amy has an amazing book out called Should Christians Use the Enneagram? Um, she unpacks all of that as well as discusses a little bit about each type. Um, if you are wanting to look at um, kind of a more neutral book, this is not a Christian perspective per se, um, but The Road Back to You is a really, really great beginner's resource. Um, and then if you're looking to dive more into relationships, The Path Between Us is also really great. So these books all do a really good job of breaking down each type, just kind of getting a general understanding about um, how that Enneagram type works. So again, if this episode really got you um, thinking, maybe this resonates with you, I would encourage you to do that. If you're looking to connect with Amy Wicks a little bit more, she has some great resources on her website, including an Enneagram one sheet, which kind of breaks down all nine types right beside one another. And it's a really, really helpful tool. And if you're looking to really get going in this, she has really amazing DIY um, coaching resources as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching. So Amy is a phenomenal individual. If you want to pursue understanding yourself a little bit better through the Enneagram tool, through a Christian lens, obviously that's the most important part, um, but I highly, highly encourage you to check out some of what Amy does over on her website. I will link all of that below. So before we close up with a tip of transformation with Suzanne Stabile, I want to look at a Bible verse for your type. Type two, John 13, eight, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. I hope that you continue taking time every single day to be in God's word. Ultimately, that is what is going to transform us and help us to move from that orphan mentality into a beloved of God mentality. It's the scripture, the, the truth of God's word in the Bible that's actually going to do this change work in us. And I encourage you, don't just read about the Enneagram. It's only a tool. I want to encourage you every single day, get into your Bible, read, a, read what God has to say about not just himself, but also about how he feels about you. Um, and, and just dive into what it looks like to, to live in freedom. And so I hope this has been an encouragement to you. We're going to close out our episode with a tip of transformation with Suzanne Stabile. For ones, twos, and sixes, you have to find a practice that engages thinking. Because feeling and doing and doing and feeling is such fun. 
it doesn't challenge the third part of you that will bring balance to your life and therefore bring balance to your spiritual life. Twos, you need to do things that don't involve other people. You, you just need to find yourself a practice that involves you doing some thankless job somewhere that nobody loves you for. Are you going to like doing it? No. Is it going to be good for you? Yep. It's going to be real good for you. Do, a, do silent giving. Like drop things off at people's houses and just wait for them to discover it. Have something in your car that you're going to just hand out the window to somebody. Invite somebody to dinner who can never have you back for dinner at their house. Now, obviously, there are spiritual practices like prayer and examen and welcoming prayer and simplicity and solitude and silence and giving and celebration and all kinds. And I'm not skirting those. I'm trying to set the table for those. Because how we each come to those other practices is usually in average space in our number. And so that's what needs to be addressed first. Awesome. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for sharing that. I really hope if you're watching this, that our time with Amy and with Suzanne today really just encourages you and inspires you to, to grow in, um, into the person that God has created you to be. Join me back here next week for an interview with a type two. 